Big news. We are finally announcing new speakers. We've got it locked in. You guys are going to love this for America Fest. So go to tpusa.com slash America Fest. Use promo code POSO, all caps there, P-O-S-O, 25% off. Here's the new speaker lineup. Congressman Burgess Owens. Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, Greg Gutfeld, Senator Rand Paul, Congressman Louis Gohmert, Congressman Byron Daniels, Congressman Matt Gates, Pete Hegseth, Congresswoman Kat Kamek, Brandon Tatum, Congressman Andy Biggs, Congressman Devin Nunez, Chad Wright, John Lovell, Ryan Klecker, Pastor Jack Hibbs, and of course, my good friend, James O'Keefe of Project Veritas. Folks, I will see you there. Turning Point America Fest. It is December 18th to the 21st, 2021, Phoenix, Arizona. TPUSA.com backslash America Fest, promo code POSO. I'll see you there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today's top stories. Number one, the Rittenhouse prosecutors claim a technological glitch in their evidence transfer. Yeah, okay. Next up, Alec Baldwin's film, Rust. The script never called for the gun to be fired, according to a new lawsuit. We're going to get into that. Next, the CDC estimates that more than 100,000 Americans died due to drug overdoses in a one-year period during the pandemic for the first time. And finally, Julie Reed and Liz Warren claim that gas prices are up to up due to secret plots that are going on behind the scenes. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. Everything that's going on in this case is a complete, this isn't justice, but embrace it, ladies and gentlemen. This is our new system. Videos where we can't find the source, a justice system that brings charges, even when we already have video evidence that fully exonerates the defendant. This is our system. So listen now to DA Lunchbox as he literally, almost literally, loses his lunch trying to explain why the defense team didn't get the original quality of the video. The email from my personal Gmail account is the file that went to the state crime lab. I was told to bring it to the state crime lab. I was already home on Saturday. I did not have access to anything but my computer. I had Detective Howard email it to me, and I put it on a thumb drive at home, and I took it to the crime lab. The, I, I don't know if Mr. Binger somehow retitled it, but the image I gave the crime lab is on my phone as the title that she indicated. Too heavily on, I guess a technological glitch and less on the, and we should be focusing that this exhibit was played. The jury is asking to see an ex exhibits that they have seen. So your honor, we were talking, uh, during the break and the reality of it is one of the the main portions of the video the thing that you watched however many times you watched it right. on, a, on a video that we we had the video not the clarity and not the quality I think that's been conceded that we didn't have that we would we were talking about we would have done this case in a little bit different manner if that was the situation where we didn't have specific 
and I want to say we didn't have the evidence because I don't think that's a fair way to say it, but we didn't have the quality of evidence that the state had until the case had been closed. Uh, on Friday, the parties had rested and we were going to open our closings on Monday. We've talked to Mr. Rittenhouse and I'm, I'm going to be asking the court for a mistrial based upon the fact that if we're really trying to get to the heart of it, we've watched the video, I can tell you what we think, but it doesn't matter what we think because we don't get to present that to the jury anymore. And I think if we're gonna to try to do this in a way that is free from anybody <clears throat> hiding anything, anybody not having the same evidence as everybody else has, uh, where it is clearly a level, fair playing field, we have to ask for this, um, and I'm asking for it. This is absurd. This is completely insane. This video, which has no chain of custody whatsoever, people are trying to go through this black hole of trying to find where it came from. They can't explain it. The defense wasn't given the actual video. And I don't care about Lunchbox's uh, explanations for this as excuse, excuse after excuse after excuse. It was Binger's fault. It was the technology's fault. It was the phone's fault. It was anything other. Man up and take responsibility for what happened. Yeah, you may not have intended it, but it happened on your watch. You're the state. The burden of proof, the burden of the evidence is on you. You have to bring forward the evidence, and if you don't turn it over to the defense, then you are in violation. It doesn't matter. He wouldn't be there at all. They would have looked at it, and they would have made it go away. They would have said, just uh, have him pay a fine for the gun thing, and you know, send him on his way, let the family take care of it. But that's not how our country works anymore. The elites take care of their own and they punish. The mask wearing Karens want to punish any deplorable peasant who might take up arms to defend themselves. No, 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 we can't have that. Only the elites are able to have power. Only the elites are able to maintain their monopoly on power. And so you're seeing that through the media, and through the workings of this prosecutor's office, the corrupt prosecutor here, you're seeing all of that. And that's what Binger is saying with the, the whole state lines mantra. He's not one of us. He's not one of you. He's not someone who's supposed to have power. So put him away because this peasant, this nobody, this nothing, he thinks that he's got rights. He thinks that he's got self-worth. He's nothing. He's a nobody. That's Binger. Reject Bingerism in all of its forms. Every American citizen has rights. Period, full stop, end of story. Alec Baldwin, you thought we were done with him. Well, Human Events Daily is not done with Alec Baldwin. We told you that we were gonna stick to the story and we are. And now it ain't just us that's talking about Alec Baldwin, it's Gloria Allred. So if you don't know, and I think most people do, but in case you don't, Gloria Allred is an extremely powerful left-wing liberal attorney. She is someone that has put away and taken down a lot of big-name figures throughout the course of her career. Now she's got her sights targeted on Alec Baldwin. This is huge. This is someone for, if you're on their side, if you're on the left, you listen to Gloria Allred. It is not hard. You, they, you know, for her, they're not going to say, oh, that's just human events. That's just POSO. That's just, you know, yeah, I don't have to worry about that. No, no, no. They're not allowed to ignore Gloria Allred. 
That ain't how the game is played. That's not how the new rules work. So listen to what Gloria Allred had to say on behalf of her client delivering an extremely scathing, scathing press conference about Alec Baldwin. In our opinion, Mr. Baldwin chose to play Russian roulette when he fired a gun without checking it and without having the armorer do so in his presence. His behavior and that of the producers on Rust was reckless. The fact that live ammunition was allowed on a movie set, that guns and ammunition were left unattended on a cart and allowed to be handled by those who had no business handling them, the fact that safety bulletins were not promulgated or ignored makes this a case where injury or death was much more than just a possibility. It was a likely result. And in addition to all that, Russian roulette, a report out of Reuters. A crew member working on the Western movie Rust said in a lawsuit on Wednesday that the script never called for a gun to be fired during a scene that Alec Baldwin was rehearsing when he killed a cinematographer last month. Script supervisor Mamie Mitchell alleges Baldwin should have checked the gun himself for live ammunition rather than allying on the assistant director's assertion that the Colt 45 revolver was safe to use. And this, of course, Gloria Allward's statement. He chose to play Russian roulette when he fired a gun without checking it and without having the armorer do so in his presence. Mitchell, by the way, was in the line of fire, alleging assault, intentional infliction, and deliberate infliction of harm, and is speaking unspecified damages in a lawsuit filed in LA Superior Court. She said, this wasn't that, right, so, so take it back a second, take it back, right? I'm not even gonna go into the rest of it right now. Understand the difference between Alec Baldwin and Kyle Rittenhouse. They want you to act as if it's like similar, some kind of similar situation. Oh, he fired a gun, he fired a gun. No, context matters. One is a person, a 17 year old kid at the time, who was trying to do the right thing for his town that was then chased down by an angry murderous mob who would have killed him. And make no mistake, Kyle Rittenhouse's actions saved his own life that night. Period, full stop, end of story. So all of this talk about reckless endangerment and I uh, shouldn't have had the gun in the first place, even though the gun charge was taken off. Nothing to do with it. Alec Baldwin, on the other hand, he's an actor on a movie set. And there's no special rules for an actor on a movie set. Oh, I was an actor. I was, you know, the armorer told me. No, absolutely not. It doesn't even matter under, and we talked about this before on the podcast, Human Events Daily covered this, that under New Mexico law, it does not matter. Actually, it doesn't matter who loaded the gun. What matters is who pulled the trigger, and who pulled the trigger was Alec Baldwin, and he did so with reckless disregard for human life. He did so with reckless disregard for the power of that dangerous instrument that he was wielding. He didn't care about the people he was pointing it at. He didn't care about the people who was standing behind, and that's the person, this Mamie Mitchell, that we're hearing from today. She was standing behind the victim in this case because all of those people in the line of fire had that bullet, and we know, of course, obviously it did go through and hit someone, it hit the director, but it could have hit somebody else. That's why when I came in and talked about this day after day, right after this story broke, 
And the whole mainstream media and all these people were saying, oh, he didn't mean to. It was an accident. It's a terrible situation. No. He's the one who was holding the gun. He's the one who chose to play Russian roulette and take the word of someone that he didn't even see check the gun in his presence. That is not just negligence. That is recklessness. And it shows a disregard for human life. I've been using guns my, since I was 12 years old, my entire adult life. I was in the military. I've received hours and hours and hours of guns tra gun training, tens of thousands of rounds on the range. You learn the basic safety rules. You go over them. You state them once every day. It's four. They're not that hard to remember. But you have to do that every single time you're handling guns. Always assume your gun is loaded. It's as simple as that. And Alec Baldwin is unfortunately going to have to pay the price. So thank you for continuing to support us, supporting the show. Get, by the way, your Christmas order in. Go to MyPillow.com. You got the towels. You got the dream sheets. You got the pillows. And of course, you've got the pillows for your kids. You've got the Bible stories. That's the one that we use. We've actually got them. Don't tell him yet, but we got him a Noah's Ark one. I know. I know. He's got the nativity story now. We've got So every night before he goes to sleep, he says, Good night, Joseph. Good night, Mary. Good night, baby Jesus. Good night, sheep. <laughs> and that's what he says every night before he goes to bed because he sleeps on that, on the Bible pillow. But we got him a Noah's Ark one for Christmas. It's on its way. It hasn't arrived yet, but I'm so excited to be able to give it to him. So go to mypillow.com, use promo code POSO. These are the ways that we pass on our traditions. And it's also, it's just a great way for you to sleep on yourself. We do it. My, uh, we, we sleep on my pillows every night. We just do, uh, my wife and I. Next story. More than 100,000 Americans died due to drug overdoses in a one-year period for the first time in recorded American history, according to the CDC, from Epoch Times. More than 100,000 Americans have died of drug overdoses in a 12-month period ending in April, marking the highest number ever, a 28.5% increase over the previous year, with the total number of overdose deaths doubling over the five-year recorded period. What is the number one drug in all of this? It's fentanyl, fentanyl coming from the CCP. Listen to this report on CBS. Tonight, a grim statistic. One American is dying from a drug overdose every five minutes, according to the Office of National Drug Control Policy. The CDC estimates more than 100,000 Americans died from drug overdoses over a 12-month period ending this April, a record. That's nearly three times the number of deaths from traffic accidents last year and more than twice the number of gun deaths. Darian and Tawana House of Pensacola lost their 18-year-old son, Rajan, to an apparent drug overdose in July. It's hard to even put in words the, the difficulty of me going on without my son. They blame the availability of the opioid fentanyl, which is sometimes slipped into other drugs to increase potency. Like what happened with our son, he didn't necessarily know right. what he was taking in. He thought it was just normally what he 
does on the regular as a teenager. But it's not just affecting those who choose to use. Last month, an Alabama woman was arrested and charged after her one-year-old daughter allegedly overdosed on her supply of fentanyl. The baby was revived by paramedics. There you go. The pandemic has been, in many ways, a perfect storm. Dr. Michael Barnett teaches health policy at Harvard University. We have a lot of work to do to expand access to life-saving treatments like naloxone or buprenorphine, which can really save lives in addiction, but are not widely available um, for people that need them. So there's a couple of things that we need to do here. Number one, shut down the open-air drug markets. Kensington in Philadelphia, parts of Washington, D.C., Denver, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Chicago, New York. Every major city has them, and you all know where they are. Shut them all down. And the people that are in there that are trapped in addiction, chemical drug addiction, you got to get them in rehab. And I don't care what party you're in. I don't care what side of the political spectrum. Just, just cut the BS. These people need help. Get them off the streets. Set up rehab centers. Set up mental health rehab centers. We need to go back to taking care of people who need help. That is really what needs. And I get it. I get that progressives have this like, oh, but it's their choice. Stop. Just stop. The people need help and they're not getting it. They're lying on the street. They're dying on the street because you care about them? No, no. Give them the help they need. We need to refund and reopen public rehab centers and public mental health rehab centers in this country. And when it comes to fentanyl, number one, close the border with the South, close that entire border, shut it down the same way Poland is doing when it comes to fentanyl. Not a single drop should be getting across that border. And number two, you go back, you sanction China, you find the people that are behind all of this, and you send in SEAL Team 6, and you take care of business. And if they don't want to comply, well, that's what SEAL Team 6 is for. You need to start taking this all seriously. What's my favorite show on cable news? I'm sorry, Tucker. It's got to go to Joy Reid. I love it. I just do. I love Joy Reid because she says the darndest things. Listen to this last segment that I caught yesterday on Joy Reid's show where she's going on and she's got Senator Warren of all people, uh, everyone's favorite Native American senator, Elizabeth Warren, talking about why the gas prices are up. Now, you might be sitting there saying, well, gas prices are up because Joe Biden shut down, uh, when he became president, he shut down the pipelines, he restricted our supply, uh, he shut down explorations so that hurt the futures market, shut down drilling. You might think if you're looking at it from, from a basic economic standpoint, that that's what it is. You know, I was just in Alaska earlier this summer of this year, uh, and we went up to Prudhoe Bay, and those guys up there, they're all sitting around, and they want to go out and work and be drilling but they can't because they can't get contracts because Biden is shutting it all down. So you think that that might have something to do with why gas prices are going up right now, but no, 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 no. According to Joy Reid and Elizabeth Warren, it's secret plots behind the scenes. Take a listen. Here's another thing, because a lot of people are really upset about gas prices, but people weren't driving for a year and, how, and somehow gas prices still went up. There have been some calls to investigate these oil companies because also they don't really like Build Back Better either because it deals with their issues on the environment. But how is it that when people stayed home for a year, 
suddenly the price of gas went up. Can you explain that? Yeah, yeah. So, so come on, Troy. We know exactly who the oil companies, what the oil companies pay attention to, what is their number one priority, profits. And so think about it this way. If we really, this were just ordinary inflation, we might see prices go up. But prices at the pump have gone up. Why? Well, let me, let me give you a hint. Uh, Chevron, Exxon have doubled their profits. This isn't about inflation. This is about price gouging for these guys. So I, I get it. Uh, when we see prices go up, we're all concerned and the want to come in and just try to hammer on one theme about this economy. But we got to pay attention to the fact that folks like the oil companies say, I think it's just another opportunity to make profits. And we need to call them out on that. This is hilarious. I'm sorry. This is like the kind of statement you make when you don't understand what economics is and you just, you know, oh, it must be some secret plot and they're all, they're trying to do this and they're trying to do it. And oh, look, look, I get it. Right. I get it. You know, obviously oil companies, the same as other companies, every other company, right. That's out there want to make money. Yeah. Duh. That's why they're in business. But when you restrict your own supply, when you go after fracking, the way this president has, when you shut down Alaska the way this president has, when you refuse to even look at any other energy resources or any ways for America to be the Permian Basin or the Marcellus Shale, et cetera, et cetera, in this country, then yes, it's basic supply and demand. Demand is going up and supply has been artificially restricted. Like you, you don't need, you don't need a PhD in all this to figure out what's going on, right? It's very simple. It's very simple, actually. And so there are lots of ways that we could be powering our country. I'm a big proponent of nuclear. I think the Gen 4 nuclear is the way of the future. I think that's what we absolutely need right now. But you've got Biden, of course, going over to Xi Jinping and asking him to release his strategic reserves. Um, of course, Taiwan is probably going to be given up in that deal, like we talked about yesterday. And you've got these people on MSNBC literally just spreading conspiracy theories rather than actually look into the mechanics of it. Folks, our country is once again run by stupid idiots. Sirs and ladies of the land, this is all the time we have on Human Events Daily. I'm so sorry to see you go. I've enjoyed this time that we spend together every day. But of course, my motto to you, my promise, my solemn oath to you, be good, be brief, be gone. And if I broke my word, if I broke my oath, well then, I'd be a communist. So the moral of today's story, the same as the moral of every story, folks, don't trust communists. Thank you for your support. Be the influence agent. Go and share this out. Share it with your normie friends. It's only 25 minutes a day. It's super short. We did 22 minutes a day yesterday because we were able to pack it in that fast. Today's moment of history before we go, the Jonestown mass suicide took place today. Today is that solemn anniversary. So remember, folks, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.